Hi, I'm Callum Eilert. This is the Everything F1 podcast. And it's lights out and away we go! Now, we're just days away from the fourth race of the season. Will Ferrari have what it takes to dominate at home or will Red Bull sort out their reliability issues in time for the weekend? We are the Everything F1 team. And over the next hour, we're going to discuss all the latest news that we've had since the last race. Uh, And of course, we're going to talk about the next race in Imola. We have also got a very special guest that I'm sure you'll all be excited to speak to uh, and hear from uh, that will be coming very shortly. But my name is James Tiller, and alongside me today from the Everything F1 team, we will have Cara. Hi, Cara. How are you? Hi, James. I'm great. I'm very happy to be back. Good, good. Good to see you. And we've also got Sophia. Hi, Sophia. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And yourself? I'm very good. I'm excited for this one. We've got a great guest. Uh, I'm going to introduce that person now. So our great guest is none other than IndyCar and Formula 2 runner-up, Callum Eilert. Hi, Callum. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm at the track. Uh, we've got a test next two days on the Speedway Oval here at uh, Indy. Uh, so, yeah, uh, 220 plus miles an hour for the next two days. Today is just a prep day, though. Wow. OK. So for, for the fans of our podcast that might not know who you are now, I can't think there's going to be many that will. But can you kind of give us an introduction about who you are, what you've done uh, in a kind of a brief one minute snippet? Okay, uh, so I started karting when I was seven at Rye House, the same track Lewis started at, was karting all the way till 15, 16. Uh, spoke to Red Bull, was picked up by Red Bull in their junior team uh, 2015, then spent 2015 to 2017 in Formula 3. I split with Red Bull after the first year, joined Ferrari in 2017, then GP3 2018, finished third, then did Formula 2 2019, 2020, finished second in Formula 2, and then was F1 test driver for Ferrari, F1 reserve driver for Alfa Romeo, and racing in GTs, finished third in Le Mans in 2021, and then this year IndyCar with Huncos Racing. That's a lot, lot to unpack. I'm looking forward to unpacking that, and we will do that a little bit later on uh, towards the end of the podcast. Um, but first, we are obviously Everything F1. You can find us on all our, all our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We are also on TikTok now. Uh, and of course, you can find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com. We would also love it if you subscribe to our podcast. It's on every single podcast streaming service. And if you pr- click the subscribe button, you'll get all of our latest episodes in your earlobes as soon as they drop. And we do have some great guests, Callum being just one of them. Uh, one of the long lists now that we've got uh, coming onto our show. So we would really appreciate the, the subscription. Uh, and of course, if you could give us a five-star review, that would be even better. Okay, so let's move into our preview of the weekend. We're looking forward to obviously our weekend in Imola, the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. So, uh, Callum, we'll go straight to you. Yeah, you've you've raced previously at Imola, obviously in a in Formula Three. Uh, was that that you said earlier? Yep. Back in 2016, how do you find the track? Was it was it a good track to, to race around? Yeah, it's a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, lots of, should we say, sequential corners. So uh, you know, like the first couple of chicanes, there you've got to you've got to focus on probably the second part of, of each of those corner sequences. Um, mm-hmm. Bit like a roller coaster as well, very up and down. Uh, lots of curbs. You know, it's 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 a good track, and in the F1 car, I imagine it's quite a tough one to get right. It's old school, isn't it? Lots of undulations, and yeah, it's 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 certainly a, a fun track to uh, to watch. Um, the, the the cars, do you think the, the F one cars are a bit big for that? It's obviously because it's a classic track. It's one of those ones that maybe slightly narrower. Yeah, they're obviously very long now compared to like the 04, 05 cars. Um, mm-hmm. I think 
obviously they adapt the cars a lot with the with the new with the new regs for this year the cars are obviously a bit lower than they used to run um in a certain sense overall because of the, the hydraulic no longer having the hydraulic suspension um but uh yeah I, I don't i don't know i think they'll handle it very well i mean they've got a lot of downforce the ground effects back to you know like 1980s style um yeah Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It should be good, though. I think the only problem is the overtaking. So this this may be a track where we'll really see the difference in in the specs of overtaking and floor dynamics and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's also a sprint race weekend, which is worth noting. Um, uh, yeah, true. The, the format is going to be completely different to what we what we're expecting. It's the first sprint race of three this year. Um, so that means free practice one is going to be on Friday with the quali uh, in the afternoon. Uh, on Friday, uh, and that means they've free practice two on Saturday and a sprint on Saturday. Which, what, 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 what are your opinions on the sprint, Callum? Are, are you a fan of the sprints? Obviously, maybe you, you took part in, in sprints during your time in F F two. Yes, it was the other way around though. We did our like main race, and then the sprint race was the the next day actually um, with the mm. reverse grid. Uh, so it's a bit of a different concept. I don't mind it as long as the Pullman is the qualifying Pullman, not the sprint race pole, because that just messes with it. Yeah, it is quite messy, isn't it? It's an interesting uh, timetable, obviously for the weekend. Some people loved it last year. Some people didn't like it. They have uh, messed with the the format a little bit to make sure it it's a little bit better so for this year they're going to be points up until the eighth place uh, it's like the classic f1 points from you know back in the two, early 2000s and whatnot so more points on offer more teams may be trying to push actually during that sprint rather than kind of sit back and just save themselves for the main race just looking at how the points are as well um even if whoever takes fastest lap gets podium and wins in um, the sprint race, cannot beat Charles Leclerc in the Drivers' Championship, you'll still be ahead by one point. So that's also quite an interesting one. Even with the extra points being on the table, it's still not going to catch him up as, as much as how we thought about like last year with how one point made a difference. It's going to mm-hmm. be quite an interesting one for the next three sprint races for sure. Yeah, because the diff- difference in points, his, his lead is, is very good at the moment. He's got a, a very dominant lead. In fact, he could be winning the Constructors' Championship all by himself, which is, uh, you know, quite, quite an amazing feat, uh, given where Ferrari have previously been and, how, and where they are now uh, this year. Um, Cara, are you looking forward to the weekend in Imola? I am. I mean, controversially, I've always been a huge fan of the sprint race. Because obviously right. last year we spoke about it on the pod and some of you old school guys were like, no. It's not, and I think, do we have Mark Gallagher on? And he was like, no. Um, I feel like it really gives the Friday, you know, a meaning and it adds that extra excitement. Now we've got all these new, fresh fans to the sport, a lot thanks to Netflix. Um, you know, it brings some excitement. And I think this year they've really sort of listened and they've made, like we said, now all eight, the first eight get points. And it's mm-hmm. eight points as well. It's not just think, did you get like three? It was like hardly anything. It really gives it a meaning. And I think I was thinking about obviously Red Bull's reliability issues. And I was like, surely Max can make it through the sprint race. (laughs) (laughs) You'd hope so. Some kind of fuel pump issue won't won't plague him this weekend. Yeah, that'll be the big test. But yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to Imola. I think with Ferrari's pace at the moment, quite literally, um, Mm. you just, you can't be excited for them to be in front of that home crowd. Hopefully, if, God, if they got a one-two, they would be almost running away with it at this stage. Um, but I think, like we've said, it's exciting with the new regulations as well. Hopefully, people will be overtaking. And in some ways, you're like, yes, you want that Ferrari one-two, that excitement. But also, you don't really want anyone to be running away with it this early in the season. Mm. That's what made last season so exciting, was constantly back and forth. So despite sort of laughing at Max's tantrums and Christian Horner, maybe I do want Red Bull to sort it out and get back into it. Yeah, Callum, are you are you enjoying watching the Ferrari uh, dominance this year, or, or the front Ferrari competitiveness? Now, I guess is is the better way of putting it. Obviously, uh, as an ex, or no, are you still part? You're still part I'm of the Ferrari st- young uh, driver. I'm still yes, I'm still involved uh, on a sub level. I don't. It's yeah, it's complicated, but um, yeah, in the long run, I'm still involved. So it's great to see them uh, still oh, showing what they can do and all the work over the last two years, probably going into this year. 
Um, the only issue is I've been racing pretty much every weekend that they've been racing. So uh, it's, it's hard to keep up with, with all the sessions. Obviously I'm mm. a bit of a highlight man more than a whole race at the moment with the time, but, uh, no, it's, it's been great to see. And yeah, they've, they've, I mean, Bahrain was, was close. The Red Bulls were obviously pushing a lot till the end. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, to see the outright pace that Ferrari can pull out when they need to is impressive. Did you get to kind of go in the simulator or anything for for that car, or was it or was it always kind of previous uh, previous cars? No, I, I've tried it. Um, it's interesting, you know, how these things develop. But obviously, it, it was quite. I, I think actually, if you look at it now, um, it as a general perspective, it looks you know fast, faster than. Um, maybe what the previous versions of, of uh, the 2020 regs, 2021 regs were. Um, mm -hmm. But it's impressive to see how these things evolve and, you know, when they actually come to the track, how how much has gone into it. Um, mm -hmm. Simulators are always questionable in some ways and, you know, you have to back it up with the real world data and it's it's cool to see it now backed up and how fast it is. Yeah, well, it's, it's certainly uh, the, the dominant car this year and, and Charles Leclerc, has certainly uh, sat sat behind that wheel. He feels very, very comfortable in that car. Except um, for the porpoising. <laughs> yeah, the porpoising. But, but Ferrari isn't as bad as some of them, at least. Uh, um, no, 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 of course. Know. In a general perspective, though, that's not that's not a nice feeling to have down the straight. <laughs> it's very repetitive and it's very bouncy, so you kind of get in the rhythm of it, but it's not a nice feeling to have. But that's that's the way it is now, and hopefully they can you know make it better. Have you have you experienced that sort of uh, kind of bumpy maybe on bumpy tracks or whatever that you, you you've had the similar similar experience in some cars yeah not not because of the downforce so much just because of the the effect of porpoising with with a kind of should we say resonant frequency of a damper or something like that with the way the track works yeah uh -huh. yeah well it, it must be off putting certainly that I, I love I love a lot of the memes that have come out because of it and video memes that put it to rock music and stuff like that it's it's I find it quite entertaining, but that's my childish mind, I guess. Um, let, let me run down the vital statistics for the weekend uh, at the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix. The circuit length is 4.909 kilometres. We're going to have 63 laps, which makes the total race length 309.049 kilometres. Lots of very important statistics there. Um, current lap record is held by the seven-time world champion, Lewis Hamilton, and he got that. Uh, in 1 minute 15.484 seconds in 2020 uh, when he got that uh, lap record. Now, last year's winners, the podium in was uh, Max Verstappen was first, Hamilton was second, and Lando Norris was third. I'd like people to make some predictions. Are we going to get a similar um, podium this year, or do you think it's going to be completely mixed up? Are we going to see Ferrari uh, on the top step at home, you kind of favour them in this in this sense. So I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to lead you all. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll go to Callum first. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who do you think is going to end up on the podium this year? Have you spoken about the weather? We haven't yet, have we? No, it's uh, that's a, that's a very good point. Have we a look at the weather, the weather before you make any predictions, because I think that's going to mix it up. It could so, be the leveler, couldn't it? Yes, there's there's rain. Yeah, what Callum is alluding to is is there's there's rain uh, on the cards for for the weekend uh, in the Emilia Grand Prix, the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. So yes, so it, it could be the great leveler. If I was going to go off of that, um, I know Ferrari was strong in pace relative to normal last year there. So I would go again with with those, but I might mix it up and say Carlos maybe takes okay. it just to be a bit different um and then p3 uh, i don't know which uh, what, what might be good in the wet there i might mix it up and go an alpine or something ah good yeah that's my guess i don't know which one but one of them anyway so 50 50 on that okay sophia we'll go to you who do you think is gonna one two three oh okay so i think it will be charles p1 i think I would love to say Red Bull, maybe, um, maybe Perez, and then Carlos Sainz in third. I'm gonna go for that. I'm probably like absolutely wrong, <laughs> but that's what I'm gonna stick to for now. Don't okay. speak to me on Monday. Kara, <laughs> uh, you too. Yeah, it's going with who you want to win or who you think's gonna win. Um, we, get, see, oh, we want who who you think's gonna win because you know we're gonna we're gonna hold you to these and see how how you how well you score next week. I'm probably then obviously going to go that Ferrari probably be 
uh, I because we were speaking to Alex Legui, I've got now really want Carlos Sainz to be up there. So I, I'm going to copy and go Carlos, Charles, and then probably Verstappen. Like I say, if if he can make it to the end, yeah, he'll be on the podium. And do you know what? I'm I'm going to go completely different. I'm going to say that Max Verstappen's going to come out strong after uh, obviously he's upset last week with the the failure, uh, the last race at uh, the failure. Sorry. So I think I think the Red Bull's gonna gonna win the race. It's gonna have an upset to the to Fosse. Sorry to Fosse, any of you listening, um, but I think he's he's due and he's due a, a dominant weekend or at least a competitive weekend uh, at the front. I think it will be him. Then I think it will be Charles, uh, and then I'll go for I'm going to go for someone random. Um, let's let's go for a, a McLaren because they looked okay track specific last uh, in Australia. Um, so let's put Lando Norris back on the on the on the third step of the uh, podium just for just for some fun. Okay, let's move on to other other teams. We've spoken a lot, spoken a lot about Red Bull. We've spoken a lot about uh, Ferrari, um, Mercedes. Callum, they they've had a bit of a, a poor start to the year. Obviously, the car wasn't wasn't ideal for them. Um, but it's the first European race. They, they're going to. I think they said they ha- they aren't bringing many updates to Imola. Um, but it may be over the next couple of races. Can you see them kind of getting on top of their performance issues? In the long run, for sure. I, I remember watching them beginning of last year at Bahrain in the testing, and uh, the first couple of days, or the first two days, it really looked uh, like a struggle to drive the car, and it was mm. amazing how quick that they ramped it up and managed to fix the issues that they have. Now, of course, it's a bit more of a fundamental, um, so it takes a bit more time and you have to kind of wait for these upgrades. For sure, mm-hmm. they'll be making the car better and better in the process before these upgrades um, come. But I think if any team's going to do it, they're probably one of the best teams to fix it and solve it. So, yeah, whether whether it's now or it's when they've brought all their upgrades, I, I think they would do it and they'll be back on pace. They're definitely the team to do it. We do need a third team, don't we? Especially with the, the unreliability of the Red Bull currently. Um, we need someone else. I mean, they've, they've scored decent points for the, for the other races, considering the, the lack of pace in the car. I was going to say, George Russell's in second, isn't he? So they can't really complain. I think when he was told that after Australia, he was like, what? Um, <laughs> but I, I read that Hamilton really wanted them to sort of be making these upgrades now for Imola, but they've said, no, we want to really understand what's wrong with the car first, which, you know, on one hand, you're like, yeah, they're playing the long game, but then you know, the races do start coming and the sooner they figure this out, hopefully the, the sooner we'll be seeing results. So, but like we said, we kind of have got a third place team because yeah, you can have the fastest car in the world, but if it can't make it to the end of the race, like Red Bull, then, you know, what's the point? Um, mm. But I, I think all of us probably being British as well, we'd like to see McLaren coming coming back up. And there was some hope last weekend with them both getting into Q3. But mm-hmm. even Lando himself was sort of kind of claiming it was some sort of fluke that it's because the track suited them. And then you think, oh, is Imla kind of similar to Australia? Um but I think McLaren have really invested in this and they've hopefully got some really good people behind them and they can bring some progress this season because mm-hmm. Ricardo and Norris are just some of the two most likable drivers. And I think there was so much excitement in testing that McLaren were going to be really competitive again. So mm-hmm. I imagine most fans are really longing for that. Yeah, and McLaren and Mercedes both have had the issues in the first couple of races. Obviously, they, they did look a bit better in Australia. Uh, Callum, actually, I'm going I'm to ask you this question. Would you rather have a car that was competitive but maybe unreliable like the Red Bull or would you rather have a reliable but not as competitive Mercedes? Um, we asked this question to our fans the other, the other day uh, just after the race and it was quite level, but what would you say? It depends if you want to win races or championships. It's, <laughs> it, it depends really on how specific we're getting. But um, yeah, I think... With, let's, let's talk about Red, Red Bull and uh, Mercedes as they are now. Would you rather be sitting in the, the Merc or would you rather sit in the Red Bull? Well, if you're, if you're Red Bull, you have the luxury of solving, hopefully, a simple problem. You know, mm-hmm. your car's not slow or is, or is faster, um, but you just need to solve your reliability issues, which, you know, sometimes is easy, sometimes is a lot more difficult than it looks like. Um, whereas Mercedes, you've got a longer haul kind of 
problem solving issue of making yourselves faster, which is a lot, a lot more of a difficult starting point. Um, mm-hmm. that it, but a car that is reliable to a certain extent or is reliable for now. Um, I would rather be in Red Bull's situation uh, okay. because it's a better starting point and you always hope that these problems are solvable because if you can't solve them, you've got a big, big problem. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of those things, I suppose. It is, it's, well, it's a tricky question, which is why it's good to, uh, to kind of pose that question to our fans. Um, let's talk about a different team then. Uh, Sophia, who, who do you want to speak about? Who, who are you looking forward to racing well uh, this weekend in Imola? I'm kind of hoping Aston Martin finally gets the points. That's another thing. Like the fact that they are the only team without any points compared to how they were last year, obviously they weren't top three or whatever, but they were quite mid-tier battling. So the fact that they have no points at the moment Mm. is a little bit scary to think about. So I'm hoping that they can get their points. Also Haas as well. I love Kevin Magnussen. I want him to keep on getting points as well. Um, but yeah, no, the Aston Martin is another team to kind of watch out and see how they perform this weekend as well. Yeah, well, they're back of the grid at the moment, so they can they can only go in one direction, um, which hopefully <laughs> will be up. But hopefully they'll, they'll work out how that car works. And uh, the weather is the great leveler, as the, as we've already mentioned. So maybe this is the opportunity for for those points to come for Aston Martin. Callum, who who would you like to speak about? Any of the other teams that, that tickle your fancy? I think it's clear that you know Alpha and Haas have some some pace, especially more on a one lap side, um, maybe than the race pace. But the race pace hasn't been bad for sure. Uh, Alpines are a bit up and down like sometimes I'm like wow they've got you know really strong pace and then other times it's like okay you know they can can do a bit um, McLaren again up and down it was interesting of uh, that Australia they were they were so much quicker than where they were to start with I mean it could have been that they were finding their feet uh, a bit even though that all the testing was done in Bahrain uh, mm. Bahrain Barcelona right yeah I was right yeah, yeah. I think so um yeah, yeah no it's, it's just interesting that they they struggled and then came back a bit um yeah now would be the time anywhere if pe- anyway if people were to kind of find their their points you know it's very difficult number one to to find the starting point of a car um with the limited testing that they do especially driver to driver um mm. and then secondly to refine the setup that you have for your kind of brand new car imagine we we spent years and years and years of of okay take like the 2019 car it's it's a refine 2021 is the refined version of the 2019 car in that sense it's like mm. very similar regulations and you're just improving 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 and you improve what two seconds probably on a quality lap from 2019 to 2021 yeah. So imagine, imagine that this year, the people who kind of realise what they can do with their car very quickly, it can make a massive difference. Absolutely. Um, Cara, who would you like to speak about? I think I've got in my head, I'm now going to have to check if this is right, that Ocon is good in the rain. And I think now, like Callum's <laughs> mentioning, we need to look at the weather and probably ask what he thinks about rain as a driver. But I think as a fan, it's always something that excites you because you're like, oh, anything can happen. Um, yeah, and I think obviously Alonso was onto that absolutely flying lap um, mm. in Australia, which I think, again, like we said with Alpine, they really have got that pace. In the first few races, you always like, oh, they might be, you know, up their third this season. They've almost had this rebrand, this racing rebrand, and they've got their two really strong drivers. So and I think you, you're always happy to see Alonso or Ocon up there. So I think it'll be really interesting because I think they're as well bringing a lot of upgrades to Imola to see what sort of race pace they've got. Um, but yeah, so Callum, as a as a driver, when it's like, oh, it's going to rain, what's your first reaction? Uh, well, if you're up the front in the dry, you're like, oh, okay, that's a bit annoying. If you're at the back in the dry, it's like, oh, we've got an opportunity. So you know, it's it's sometimes a, it's it, it can provide you that that chance to to find your feet again. Obviously, there's only one or two, three times maximum per year where you're racing in the rain, um, but it's one of those that. Uh, if you get the opportunity, you have to take it. So McLaren will be looking to take that opportunity. Um, Aston Martin, for example, for points, will be looking to take that opportunity. Uh, whereas maybe for Ferrari and Mercedes, um, even Red Bull to a certain extent, it's like damage limitation weekend. Uh, you just take the points and, okay, on to the next one kind of thing. 
I don't know. That was more of a team team side, but as a driver, it's like it's an enjoyable enjoyable experience. You know, you can't see much. You're just pushing to the limit. Cars a bit all over the place. It's good fun. That's good. I'm glad to like no one. Well, maybe some people are, but you're not all like moaning that it's raining. You're like, yes, opportunity. It's going to be yeah. fun. I know, I know from a fan's perspective, you know, when they hear hear us come on the radio and say it's too wet or whatever, and you go, oh, you know, what, what, what a baby or something like this. It genuinely, like, we cannot see anything. Like, mm. I, I cannot see the car. If it's really raining, I cannot see the car in front of me. And then because of how low these cars are, if if there's even enough water, you 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 don't steer. So if, for example, if you were like that with the steering going on in a puddle or aquaplaning, you'll be in the wall. So that, that's the thing that maybe from a fan's perspective, before you call us, you know, babies or whatever. We would never, we would no. never do that. No, no, I've seen, I've seen some, not from you guys, but I've seen some, but uh, it, it's, it's a lot tougher than it looks just because it's a guessing game in that sense. It really like, you could be the best driver in the world and you make one little, you know, correction on a puddle or the, the guy in front of you breaks because you just hope that everyone's going the same speed and no one's like lifting off out of, out of the train that you can't see. That's, that's how it, we actually get away with it is just by praying that no one's lifting or breaking <laughs> just through prayer yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> on a wing and a prayer um okay uh i'm looking forward to seeing how the alpha Tari can do um pierre gasly needs to if, if it's raining pierre gasly needs needs a good performance this weekend um the, there haven't really been anything exciting to watch this year so far um, the Alpha Terry team, unfortunately. So I'm, I'm hoping that Gasly, because I really do rate Gasly, uh, and I, I'm hoping this weekend uh, he'll be able to perform well, uh, obviously with that level of the the rain um, to help out. Um, I, I'm, we're, we're mentioning all these names, Callum. Do, have, you, have you had kind of a close relationship with any of those uh, on the grid? Well, I'm now based in the US, so it's hard to yeah, like, catch up with all these guys. Further away, yeah. Obviously, I know Mick very well. I know George very well. I grew up karting with Lando, uh, Alex, I know, uh, Pierre, I know. Yeah, there's there's obviously a good portion of the grid, even Max uh, occasionally, you know, you see on Snapchat or whatever. But yeah, I, I've seen I've seen a lot of them. I say hello to a lot of them. Um, yeah, they're, they're good guys, great guys. That's pretty much uh, the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. Um, we're all looking forward to it. We've given you our predictions for the weekend in terms of the top three. Let's talk about the news that's dropped over the week. Um, some news that have dropped today. Unfortunately, Charles Leclerc had, had his watch stolen from him this, uh, during the day yesterday uh, while he was on a, a publicity tour. There was a big kind of hustle and hustle and bustle. And he lost his £320,000 uh, Richard Mealer watch, which is a shocker. The last time something like that happened, it was Lando Norris. And it, it was the Euros uh, in at Wembley uh, this year. That's... It's a shame that obviously he has to go through that, but I mean, they're insured. It's news. We have to talk about it. But it's a good advert, actually, for Richard Miller, isn't it? Because it gets the name in the news. So <laughs> whereas it's going to cost them quite a bit of money, I'm sure they're, they're, not, they're not kind of too worried about it because it's going to get their name out there um, all over the place. Poor, poor Charles. Um, not nice. Not nice. Uh, any news that you want to speak about, Sophia? Yeah, um, about the Miami Grand Prix. It's been in the news recently uh, for many different reasons. Uh, this weekend, we there was some of the Miami Dolphin players, um, American football players, got a chance to sit in the car and test drive a little bit, just see how that was as a promotion. Also, Sergio Perez as well cl- uh, completed a lap of the um, track. It's 95% completed. However... Other news is that there's currently a lawsuit taking place um, in regards to the residents against it due to noise, um, uh. to which there's actually some permits not filled out yet. So it's kind of in a limbo position whether or not it's going to happen. Um, pretty much the residents are complaining, saying it's going to be like a chainsaw is going next to you for the whole mm-hmm. weekend. So pretty much the judge is saying you can either stay at home, put some earplugs if you go out. Like that, that's, that's how the vibe is right now. That's, uh, that's coming from the reports is because they have a 10 year contract as well. I can imagine there's, I, there's a, there's a lot of money going into the, uh, the, the, the local establishments uh, to make sure it does go ahead. So I'm sure they will want to keep their money uh, and just do what they can. Are you looking forward to the uh, Miami Grand Prix, Callum? That's coming up soon. I'm going to it. So I hope so. Oh wow! Good. 
Yeah, no, no, it'd be good to good to go there. Good to catch up. Good to see what the events like. I heard that. Uh, I, obviously, we have no idea about the race, but the actual event will be will be amazing. So um, it should be a good spectacle, good fun for everyone going there, and hopefully the residents enjoy it instead of complaining about it. Um, <laughs> I can imagine there will be some that won't enjoy it, but you know that's life. You do some things you don't like, you've got to get on with it. Maybe just give them free tickets to try to <laughs> keep them quiet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking at the price of the tickets, I hope that would keep them happy, but you never know. <laughs> wow, they are expensive. It's probably the, the most expensive uh, race on the calendar, actually, isn't it? I think it was uh, certainly one of the one of them, looking yeah. at the prices. Las Flabber Vegas will change it, though. <laughs> Las Vegas will be the most expensive as well. You think? Yes, oh, okay. but there's yeah. lots of there's lots of infrastructure around there to keep everyone happy, so it shouldn't necessarily need to be as expensive. Whereas yeah. Apologies for any breakups in internet connectivity there with Callum. I'm sure it'll catch up very shortly. We're doing so well. I think some of the conversation is about um, where it's located. There's nothing really, well, there is stuff there, but it's not as busy as like Las Vegas or like bigger cities. There's minimal hotels, there's minimal um, restaurants, bars, location-wise. It's kind of Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Um, You have to drive out. So obviously parking will be an issue for that. Um, Sorry about that. It's fine. He's back. He's back, everyone. We, we kind of carried up, carried on what you were saying in terms of there's the, the the Las Vegas scene will have lots of kind of casinos going on, lots of entertainment going on. Something um, like that, yeah. Which is what you were getting at, I think. Uh, and uh, Miami's got a lovely beach. Yes. Very far out. <laughs> Very far out from the stadium as well, which is... Oh, <laughs> but again, like I said, it, it's in the middle of kind of not much to do. I mean, I've I've been there to Miami and see the difference of it. Not since the track's been announced, but F one is the show, though. That's the thing. That'll be that's what people are there. There's going to be stuff after the after the racing is on. They're going they're going to put on a, a performance, I think, um, to to entertain the crowds. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, another news? Uh, well, it wasn't news. It's a rumor flying around that Carlos Sainz has signed a new contract. It's going to be released uh, this the end of this week or during the weekend at Imola. Um, that he signed a contract till 2024 now obviously it's only rumor at this point and conjecture we've seen these floating around obviously on twitter or whatnot what um, but it sounds very very feasible uh carlos Sainz does seem like he fits in with the uh, ferrari team uh, he's certainly performing well enough um and not not struggling to to control that car um callum can you see that go go ahead for the contract for carlos Sainz? even if i knew i couldn't comment um so <laughs> that's a no-go unfortunately Okay, well, we, we won't push you then. But I, I, I can see that being, you know, certainly likely, I think. Uh, Cara, do you, can you see Ferrari holding on to Carlos Sainz for another few years? Yeah, I mean, they're such a reliable duo. Um, mm. Even last season, they're so almost managing at the moment to be really close. I know, obviously, Charles is out there in front, but it, currently there isn't that tension between them, which is often the problem when you've got two ta- drivers that are so talented. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagine, and I feel like Carlos as well, he fits that Ferrari image. So I'm sure they'll they'll really want to hold on to him and this almost magic pairing they found with him and Charles. Yeah, but we have heard from other people that there might be tensions behind the scenes. Now, obviously... They don't want this kind of to be shown. But at the end of the day, they're Formula One racers. They want to each be the the, the number one in their team. Um, and there's always going to be that kind of, I need to beat my teammate. But as much as you can be friendly and pally-pally in front of the cameras, there's always going to be the competitive edge because at the end of the day, they're, they're the best, in, best at what they do. So uh, I'm sure yeah. if it gets towards the end of the season and they're closer on points. We could see Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton contention. Mm. Do you think? Oh, no, maybe not that strong. Maybe not that strong. True. Yeah. From what, obviously, we had Alex Legui on the podcast and, uh, as I mentioned earlier, and her um, partner, he's Carlos Sainz trainer. So she really gave an insight there about his mentality. But I suppose I'm also, as Carlos is almost, it's in a battle with himself at the moment, not child. But like you say, hopefully it will get close and hopefully, well, not hopefully it'll become a battle between them, but we'll see some fighting on the track. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, and another piece of news, the Alpine boss, Rossi, has said he's willing to let Piastri pursue a seat elsewhere on the grid if he wants to. He's, he's willing to kind of give him. The only clause would be that they could take him back if they get a, a, a space in their own team, I guess. Callum, you, you left just, just as he started. He went to he? my school, actually. 
when oh, I when okay. I just left. Uh, yeah, a lot of racing drivers followed me there because they were very open about letting drivers have time off. But yeah, long story. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, great That's driver. Cool. Obviously, done a, a tremendous job to win three championships in a row coming up through the ranks. Um, yeah, and my answer to whatever question you have in front is if he doesn't get a seat uh next year then we have a bit of an issue oh absolutely but not that it's my personal issue but you know it's a bit of an issue with the whole system in general yeah the system it's got to allow those the the young drivers i mean even yourself we were if you listened to our podcast last year which i I doubt you did but i mean we we were saying yeah Callum deserves a seat also, uh, but there's just nowhere for people to go. That's why we're hoping that F1 themselves open up to other teams coming in because we need the spaces, if not uh, for, for all the young drivers that are either winning in, in uh, F2 or, you know, at least coming second like yourself. Got any comments on that? Do you think, do you think, do you think you'll get your, your shot uh, in F1 at some point in the future? Is it still part of the dream? Uh, I mean, it it would, but they kind of crush my dreams slowly over a, a time. So, unfortunately, that's, oh, no. that's oh, it's life at the end of the day. I mean, you get on with it and you try and do a better job elsewhere and be more successful in your own way. But, um, no, I, I mean, I spent four or five years trying to get to F1 or probably longer if you include karting. But, uh, yeah, being being bought and bred to, to, to go to F1. So, no. Obviously, a bit of a shame, but I didn't win like Oscar, so I'm not as you know I'm close, but not 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 the same. So I can kind of accept it, um, and I don't have a problem with seeing, you know, him sit out this year to to wait for the space to open up for the year after. But as if the year after there is not there is not a seat that's really not great. Um, where would you yeah. put him? Where 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 because Alonso's uh, obviously announced that he's going to be there for two or three more years. So it, Alpine is is a no go really for for while while Alonso's there unless they get rid of uh, Ocon maybe. Um, I mean, without commenting too much, I would probably go. My my guess would be to go to Williams. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. that's a bit of a move as well, depending on other people. So it's not it's not as simple as that. But um, yeah, Alpine looks like a non-mover in my opinion. Well, it looks like he, he will need that the, the the allowance from from Rossi, the Alpine boss, to to allow him to go elsewhere. Because... Ah, they they will allow him. That's just publicity. You know, at the end of the day, you you go wherever you can get a seat. Other people have shown that, and he'll get he'll get a free practice uh, this year, or, co- or a couple of free practices this year. So we'll hopefully get to see him behind the wheel. So that's that's a, that's a positive. Hopefully, we'll be. Able to... I don't have his contract. I don't know, but you hope you go out there. <laughs> You'd think so. I mean, they've they've got the new regulation in the, in in this year that says. Uh, each team has to at least put somebody uh, yeah. who hasn't driven within the car for one, for one free practice session per car. So you'd think, you know, that they'd give him a shot at least. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We want we want loads of people in those uh, free practice sessions. We've discussed it so much. Uh, Jamie Chadwick, for one, we'd like uh, to, to her to appear in uh, free practice one. Now she's got enough points. But anyway, we digress. Um, any other news articles, Cara, that you want to speak about before we move on? The only thing we had was about Silverson selling out. Um, and like, gosh, yeah, I think it's difficult enough. When you guys were talking about the prices of Miami, I was like, God, mm-hmm. have you seen the prices of Silverstone? Because um, it's just going through the roof, the pop- popularity. It's crazy. But I think it's also encouraging as well. So, yeah, t- tickets for Friday and Saturday um, could be the first race since it started in 1950 that all days are sold out. That would be 365,000 people in total uh, uh, coming across to, to Silverstone, um, which would be a massive, massive crowd. Yeah, that would be amazing. No, I'm hopefully going there for um, F1000 in a few weeks. Um, but, yeah. So you not- can scout the area, put, put loads of stickers up for, about yeah. everything F1 to, to get people to join. <laughs> a bit of, bit of guerrilla marketing there. Um, exactly. Okay, well... I'm- I think that's pretty much all the news articles. I think we can move into our interview of Callum. Hopefully you're sitting comfortably, Callum. We're, we're not going to be too uh, too harsh with you. Um, we'll just you can start try. It. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start it where obviously it all began. Were, were you born to be a racer? Were you, was, your, was your dad kind of a racer or, and, and kind of pushed you towards it? Or, or was it something you kind of just no, did very... one day and thought you'd love it? Yeah, very simple. I just, I tried it at like a go-karting party with some kids when I was seven. And I think for me, I, I loved it. And I was like, oh, dad, can you, can we go again? So he took me again. Um, 
And I think for me, like there was nothing that came close to it in terms of school sports, you know, rugby, football. It was, it was all very, it was good fun, but it was all eh, cool, you know, just pass the ball, whatever. <laughs> um, whereas driving and being so close to the ground, 60 mile an hour at the time, um, there wasn't a feeling like it at seven years old. So um, I think I begged him and begged him to go again. He had no background in motorsports, no idea. Um, mm my mom the same uh so i think some clever clogs at the track was like yeah if you buy a if you buy a go-kart it will be um you know cheaper in the long run that was a big mistake uh <laughs> and then yeah here i am now pretty much no it was really just a hobby i just enjoyed it i wasn't even in it for the competition side i think that came a bit later when i started doing well um where i was like oh you know there's a thrill out of the competition here before that i was just driving because i enjoyed it and that's where the passion comes from that's why even if you put me in a golf cart i still love driving it um so yeah anything <laughs> did you watch formula one or anything like that on, on tv did you kind of idolize people or was it literally the the first kind of party that kind of put you into it so I grew up watching Lewis, basically. One of the greatest at the moment, certainly. Um, and I'm sure he'd be an inspiration to many young young lads at, at your age uh, in school and whatnot. Um, okay, Cara, have you got a question for Callum? I was going to ask about what your experience has been like being like a Ferrari Academy driver, because you sort of PR'd us before. I was like, oh, is he able to answer that question? Um, obviously, you hope what were your experiences like? But then if not, do you sort of now support Ferrari and feel like you have an understanding of the team? Uh, yeah, of course. I I like in terms of the last part of your question that I have a great understanding of how the team works and, you know, the drivers and the engineers, obviously I can only comment so much on it. Um, but, you know, you can understand as well why a whole environment takes time to develop and, you know, get the, the results. Like this package that you see of the, the two drivers, the, the team that you have has been in development for two, three years. And mm. it doesn't come when the, those guys arrive. It comes later on. Like obviously Charles had a great first season with Ferrari, but now you start to see it really come together. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, where's, where's it kind of come from? But you see it, I've seen it in development. So number one, that's, is cool to see. Um, number two, being part of, any academy is obviously a, something that you aspire to be from when you're younger. Uh, to be part of two is very cool. Or to have been part of two was cool. Uh, I lived in Italy for four years, spent my life pretty much at the factory, whether it was with a simulator or training, um, physically, mentally, meeting with the engineers, discussing everything from you know tires to uh, aerodynamics to mechanical engineering. And you learn and you become part of that environment so it was a bit weird for me to move away from it and now be in the US because I spent the last four years of my life kind of setting my life up in Italy and you know going from that um, but yeah it's it's incredible to see I think one of the things that surprised me is when I did uh, kind of like a full factory tour um, and saw everything and not 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 the I'm not talking about the big stuff but the details that go into all the little things, you really build an appreciation for how how impressive these cars are. And it's not it's not when I see the thing put together, I go, okay, you know, that's super cool. But when you see these guys working on the floor hours and hours and hours a day to perfect the smallest of things, it's it, that's where it's impressive. That's where the details are. And that was what was really nice to see. Yeah, that's so interesting that obviously now you have even more of an appreciation for that. And like you say, an understanding of how it all comes together. Yeah. Were you always good with, with, with kind of the mechanical side of things? Did you have a, were you instinctively good at, at kind of mechanics or is it something you obviously, you obviously do learn as you join these teams and stuff like that? Or, or you know, what do you think? I, I would say, luckily for myself, I'm probably on the smarter side of some of the drivers. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, we don't have a good reputation in general, especially with engineers. They always should we say take the piss out of us for, for maybe not being the cleverest? <laughs> um, but no, no, no. I've always been on the good side of that. Um, and to be fair, if it was on the more technical side, I would always simplify it and make it the best, um, the easiest it could be to to understand it. And everything's understandable to a certain extent. But, you know, when I was 15, 16, starting in cars, I, I, was, very, I was thrown very in the deep end with Formula 3. 
And I had to learn very quickly how to, you know, do the data myself and interpret everything because no one was going to do it for me. And in the long run, it was better. So, yeah, I, I'm at that stage where I everything I'm involved in every meeting and I can, you know, decipher everything. Yes, maybe I need a couple of things explained to me. But the great thing is because I can kind of relate uh, I'm sure other drivers can do the same, but I, I can relate to what the engineer is saying. There's a there's a mid gap of, should we say, translation because they think theoretically and in numbers and I think in driving and this does that and they think this does that, but there's a bit where it connects and I think some drivers miss how to communicate that um, or don't communicate it at all and don't know what they want. So you don't find an answer. And then the, the engineer is guessing off of what they see. Yeah. So yeah, when you can bridge that, and then also you can explain to them why I feel this, and maybe it comes before what they see and the same way that they see something and they can explain it to me. That's where the best connection is. Anyway, it's going quite deep into it, but that's, that's how I like the relationship to work. And you have driven the, you know, an actual Formula One car. It's, it's important to, to kind of to, to, to get that through. It's not just been Sims and, and not just been kind of computer games that, you, that, you've, that you've played. You've been in the, in the car. So what's, what's the difference between kind of stepping up from F2, uh, well, F3 to F2 and then F2 to, to F1? Is, is, it, is it kind of a stark difference or are they just kind of uh, minute steps? F3, I wasn't shocked by the step F3 to F2. Um, they're very similar, the cars, just a little bit more, um, should we say, difficult to, to get right when you go into the F2 because you've got carbon ceramic brakes in F2, whereas F3, you've got steel, and they make a massive difference in terms of how you warm up the tyre, and then you've got the tyre itself. It's just little things like that where you have to you have to build an understanding for it but in a pace wise actually the formula three on a race pace i think is quicker than the formula two uh just because of the oh, amount wow. of degradation you have with the formula two from the tire and the weight of the car um it's not it's not uh yeah the, the corner speeds actually end up being higher because you save so much of the tires in f2 the races it's it's more of a endurance race of the tire than a pure performance so it's a bit of a different atmosphere but that's why the racing is so good in f2 because mm -hmm. it's 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 tough and that's what you have to get your head around more than the speed um other thing with f3 and f2 is you only get one practice of 40 minutes before going into qualifying on a completely different set of tires and you get yeah. out warm push cool push so two laps come in out warm push cool push so you get four laps in total and normally the tire only works on the first lap of each run otherwise you drop five tenths on the second run so you <laughs> you don't do many laps so that was what was difficult about getting that right going to the f1 car i drove the 2019 2020 and 2021 alpha and i drove the 20 2018 ferrari um so i've driven a couple of them um just the, the speed is insane it's 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 another level breaking corners um acceleration is very linear uh and it, I, the way i would describe it is it's like the perfectly engineered machine you know everything's it's almost easy to drive in a certain sense um mm. don't take that out of context but no as a driver it's like wow it's so smooth it, it just goes where you want and you know, I can, I can go on curbs, I can get on traction and it just works and it's designed to be like that. But then of course you see, of course there is a difference between drivers because they can get more out of it. Uh, but when I go from like F2, which is like, Oh, very rough, you know, you're just trying to scrape a lap out of it to F1 of, Oh, lovely. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a bit of a shock. Uh, you've got a lot more driver aids, I guess. I mean, they, they, they have, kind of put a stop on a lot of the driver aids over the years um but they were all still there all the technology is still there to kind of to kind of help you a little bit i guess well it's not that it's there to help you it's it's built to be the fastest possible car you can drive so and that's <laughs> the easiest way to explain it it doesn't need driver aids it's so simply over-engineered it's like eh, just goes where you want and as a driver that's the nicest thing you can have so okay, then you know you're now in IndyCars. Obviously, you you had three races last year, and you've had a, a few races this year uh, as well. What's what's the difference in the two, in those two cars? Obviously, they're completely differently controlled as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, IndyCars are very different experience, and they've got a very different philosophy here. Of um, the cars are meant to be the same. So you you've got 
everyone's got the same chassis here. Uh, the only things that are in development are engines and uh, the suspension and dampers. Um, so the engines, you have Honda and Chevrolet, and they've got to keep to certain specs. But of course, I think it's every other year, one engine gets or is allowed an upgrade or whatever. Um, right. Then we have the suspension, which team is just open. As long as it looks like suspension, you can you can pretty much put it on the car, um, which you get teams spending two and a half, three million per year in development for the suspension, um, which is why right now I'm in a brand new team. Um, we uh, are one car at the moment. So it's a big, big struggle for us because we're just starting. Even if, you know, we have the budget and everything to do to do all of this, we don't have the time to develop and the test days to develop as quick as, yeah. you know, other people. So we're, we're playing massively on catch up and, you know, results are tough. Um, but fundamentally, the car is closer to the F2. Uh, it's faster than the F2, but it's closer in feeling and the way it's built. It's a Delara chassis as well. So same as F2. Um, yeah. But we the the races are built on uh should we say it's it's more the driver you know we try and give you you guys a little bit of development but we've got five teams six teams seven teams that can easily win and if they have a good day our races are one one hour 40 minutes if it's lights to flag green no power steering i think i've done races where i had five pit stops it's a killer this uh, physically tough i mean it makes f1 look like you know we're playing in the playground um this is uh, like for example i'm going to the gym now every day uh and when i go to the gym there are 10 15 other drivers there every day it's wow. it's it's intense and it's tough uh, my hands came apart on the first race weekend we did here uh but that's the challenge of it it's good fun there's a lot of room to you know improve and um i think it's opened my eyes up to a lot of different things out here it's very simple um they don't overcomplicate it here uh less politics uh which is quite nice in some ways especially as a young driver trying to go around all that sort of stuff and then we have yeah. the ovals which is just insane um it's a very different style and i came over here thinking okay you know what's this about the technicalities of these ovals is incredible it looks so simple but it's it's so difficult to explain but in a racing scenario and all of that there's so much more to it actually i'd probably say it's simpler to drive on a normal track um and race right. that than it is to, to drive on an oval that's what's so weird about it well, there's lo lots of risks associated with obviously oval driving as well do, do you do you uh do you kind of are you were you fearful of your first oval? Um, in, in some way, you have to respect the oval. That's that's the first thing. Um, and like I did a whole test day, and it was fine. You know, you're going round and round and round and round. Um, and I think one lap out of the 200 that I did or whatever, I looked at the wall and I was like, Jesus Christ! If I hit that, it's going to really hurt. Um, that's the risk of it. And then in racing, there's more. You've got other people to worry about and um find your feet with but it's it's a challenge um yeah it's 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 different i don't i don't know if i fully like it yet but at the same time you've got to learn and it's mm -hmm. another another complete different scenario well sophia is our biggest uh indie fan uh on the on the panel tonight which is why she's come along to kind of talk to you so i'll, I'll let sophia ask you a few questions now because i'm sure she's Far away. Itch, itch, <laughs> itching to get them out yeah i can't wait um so I mean, you've kind of answered a bit of my questions that I have in that big um, conversation. But out of the street, the road, and the oval, which one's been your favorite so far? Uh, I mean, road is very simple. Um, so road for our UK, Europe um, viewers is like a normal circuit. Uh, street circuit is a street circuit. Um, and I, I like I like the street circuits. You know, the atmosphere, like at Long Beach, for example, we had 180,000 people there on, on the weekend um for a small smallish venue for indycar is incredible and you know to have that kind of support and stuff is is incredible um and it shows you know as a championship we're doing well and to get that atmosphere is great uh the oval texas i mean as from a driving point of view it was a learning learning scenario texas we didn't have many fans unfortunately um but when we come here for the uh race in may you get well, 350,000 people on the day whoever number of 
people on on TV. It's it's incredible, and I think the the drivers the, the drivers love it. They feel like superheroes. So hopefully, I can get to feel like that and um, enjoy enjoy the week for what it is. Yeah, because the oval is more iconic compared to the street and road, because that's kind of a new developing one. Because um, there's four to five ovals this think- season five i think yeah i think it's, five five and seven that's the way yeah I th- yeah because it's alabama next weekend yeah as well um and then obviously you have some of the iconic ones indianapolis texas obviously is iconic as well but indianapolis is more so what's been your favorite track like you did three races last season as well and now you're going into your full season what's your favorite uh, track that you've done so far and what track are you looking forward to the most uh, Laguna was really cool. Laguna Seca. Um, it's one that I'd always played on video games and, you know, you get to go out there and enjoy it. Uh, Long Beach for the atmosphere was awesome. Um, I think coming up, it will be nice to race in Toronto. Uh, my dad lived there for a little bit just before COVID. So it's a shame that I couldn't do that whilst he was there, but, um, it will still be cool to go there. Uh, what else we got? One other one that I was really looking forward to. St. Pete was cool as well, that, you know, to go down to Florida. And this it's very cold here in Indiana at the moment, so it's nice <laughs> to go down there. Yeah, St. Pete was like a scorcher as well. I think it was like uh, it was 106 a degrees, something like that. Like, Yeah, I, I, yeah, it hurt. Let's just say it hurt. I had to drive <laughs> my visor open. Wow. Yeah. That's a, crazy. So with your team, first time back since 2019, you're the only driver for the team, which is a little bit different compared to other teams who have two, sometimes three kind of with the part-time drivers. How does it feel, especially it being your rookie year as well with a new team? What are your aims and like, what's the team's aims for this season? Um, We've had to change like the expectations a little bit because it is very tough and we're, we're not quite there yet. We've got to develop quite a bit. Um, I think, you know, like the target, unfortunately, is like just, just getting into the top 10 on a couple of occasions would be, would be great. Um, And, you know, we have to work on it a bit. Uh, I think we had, we had the pace at Long Beach beginning of the weekend. And then unfortunately we don't, we don't really uh, develop enough and we get caught out by a couple of things and we came to quality and, it just wasn't there anymore, that pace that we had. And you you kind of realize after the weekend, oh, yeah, if we'd done that, you know, it could have been a bit better. One of those things. And I think the thing is we try, for example, we, we try one one option of setup for us uh, is free options for a team with free drivers and that kind of thing. And we need to we need to be able to get to that stage. So, yeah, the expectations are very different. Um, but at the same time, it's a long term, uh, a long term setup for this team. So, you know, we're it's a shame because I would like to, I hope we get some results um, and get what we deserve at some point. Um, but at the same time, I know it's in the long run. So you just have to be patient. Will you be staying, will you be staying with them for the foreseeable then? Have you got a couple of year contract under your belt? No, or? no, no. At the moment it's, it's, it's one year, but obviously I want to, I want to make indie work as much as possible. And it's a great career out here. So um yeah, I, I'm looking at all the options in that sense. But as a team itself, the the setup is that it's going to be long term and stay stay a long term. So, I mean, I can stay, I can I can do what I want, kind of thing. I could even go back to Europe. Uh, the only thing I can't do is go to F1 at the moment. That's, that's, that's the only only sad part. No, I'm joking. Um, it's 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 good. It's just it's a great environment here, and it's it's something that you know drivers. There's there's a couple of drivers here in the 20th season. I mean, it's wow. Yeah, like like Hilo <laughs> Elio, Willpower, Scott Dixon, uh, Graham Rahal, they've all done fifteen plus seasons and very successfully as well. So Yeah, they're they're massive names as well. Obviously, even you know, if you don't watch kind of IndyCar, you you, you know these names, you've heard of them because you know, if you watch F one, you you are bound to bound to have kind of a, a kind of crossover. Um, but there are lots of F one alumnus on the grid as well. Um, so you've got something in common. Do you, do you, do you get to kind of speak to those uh, at a race weekend at a meetup? Yeah, Roman. Um, he's obviously the newest big name out here. We've got Marcus Ericsson as well. Uh, Sebastian Bourdais was here. Um, he's he's I think he's gone to LMDH now, DPI stuff. Um, the hypercast. Yeah, yeah all, mm-hmm. all different names and stuff now. Uh, <laughs> 
Who else we got? I feel, feel like I'm missing one. Salto. Ah, yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you also yeah. had um, Montoya as well for a bit. Yeah, he's coming, coming back for the Indy 500. Yeah. yeah, for race five and six, I think it was. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and that, he's a legend as well, and he's and he's won it. You know, he's a big so legend. yeah, massive legend, uh, and one of Coops's favorite ever F1 drivers. Uh, Coops is another one, one of our panelists. So he'll he'll be happy to get a, a Montoya a reference in the podcast. Um, how have you found kind of moving over to the states? Obviously, you moved from Italy to go to to the states. Has it been a kind of a a nice leap? Uh, have you got have you got used to kind of going into uh, coffee shops and ordering a grande and every, uh, going getting your big steaks and stuff like that when you go to the to the uh, restaurants? I had, I had to buy my own <laughs> coffee machine. It's just ridiculous how much you can spend on coffee here. So I bought my own <laughs> coffee machine. Um, actually, from the UK, I brought it out in my suitcase. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's been easy. I mean, no complaints. It's just been cold. Winter's been really cold. Um, yeah. Where are you living? In Indiana. Literally, there's like, I would say, almost 20 of us live here. And I wow. never see them, only in the gym. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we all kind of hide away, I guess. Uh, but yeah, no, living on my own, it's it's chilled. I can't complain. I, I kind of live on, you know, just, just I just travel. I live out of the suitcase. It's the best way. I'm guessing it's quite different to Italy, though. Quite different. I mean, the food was arguably a lot better in Italy. Um, mm. Here, it's very easy access, but it's hard to find the, the good stuff. Um, what else? Uh, but yeah, I think here there's there's more to do. Like Italy was was difficult to find um, much to do other than gym and cycling. Whereas at least here, I think there's a lot more activities to do, which is good. And I can you know make up for my younger years where I was always just you know training and stuff. I can go out and do a bit more. I think I might go fishing or something soon. <laughs> Is it still know. snowing in Indiana? Because I know it's still snowing in a bit of the states. <laughs> it, it was snowing last night. No, the night before last. Um, today it's just cold. Uh, hopefully it warms up a bit. But I don't know. <laughs> we, 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 you never know what to expect now in this state. I thought it was going to get warm, but it hasn't. No, it'll, it'll come up and down. I've I've visited the states quite a lot, so <laughs> definitely have seen it. And one minute will be nice and hot, sunny, and then half an hour. Two hours later, it'll be really cold and grey, similar to the UK. <laughs> yeah, it's, it seems like that. It's it's very, uh, well, at least you've got a big country to kind of spread out your bad weather from. <laughs> oh, mm. yeah, definitely. And, and, you'll, and you'll be seeing quite a lot of it this year by the, by the sounds of it with all the different races you're going to. Yeah, luckily nice. we finished in September, so then I can go and, you know, do whatever I want after that. So I, I can go back to Europe, I can stay here, I can go for a little tour. Our season, it's nice to finish early because F1, you don't get a break. You go from December to back to February and that's it. And here you go get September to February. It's lovely. Cara, have you got a question for Callum? I suppose, I don't know if this is more, more one to end on, but I sort of talking about, I know it's your first proper season in IndyCar, but what are your hopes for the future with it? And where do you sort of see this journey now in America progressing? Uh, look, I always hope for F1 in that sense. And I still have my kind of uh, long-term arrangement with Ferrari if if there is space to go back. Um, but at the same time, I wanted to make a, a good career. And I had the choice between uh, IndyCar or the GT Hypercar route, which I experimented with last year. And for me, IndyCar, there was more opportunity to shine and to give it a chance because for example if if i came here and i i couldn't make it work i can always go back and do the gts and you know try again um whereas i think if i started and fully tried with this gt side i would never get the opportunity to jump over and do indycar and it's not easy to get the opportunity like i have anyway to do indycar i think um normally it requires a big chunk of money to be able to jump over and come here and the opportunity i have here does not so it's 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 good to be able to make that work and try and pursue a long 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 career so talk about the uh, Le Mans then, because uh, obviously what's the, what's the difference between a, a Le Mans and an open wheel racing car that you're currently driving? Did you have fun last year when you when you tried, when you did it? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the GT cars, uh, they're obviously a lot heavier, but I don't know. It's, it's different. It's different. Like you're doing three hours at a time at Le Mans 
box, mm. come in, you go eat some food, maybe go for a sleep, come back out tired, obviously, but you get in the car, adrenaline comes back and you're, you're off again. Um, mm-hmm. no, I really enjoyed it. I did really enjoy it. I just, for me, like, I wanted to shine on my own, you know, like still be a single driver. And I felt whilst I still have the talent and the time to be able to do it, why not pursue it? But the, the GT stuff, I did enjoy it. And, you know, working with other drivers in the car to try and make your team the best, you know, it's it, it's good fun. And I, there was opportunities to do it. Um, but I thought, you know, I'll just stick at this for a bit. Okay, well, pick pick an ideal team. Let's just stick with Le Mans. Uh, so you, you're going to pick compete in the 24 hour Le Mans. Who, who would who would you pick as your co-drivers uh, to to win? Yeah, but you're going to be disappointed because I'm not going to pick F1 drivers. No, that's fine. You, that that that's entirely what we okay. want. That's exactly okay. what we want. Probably. Okay, this is this. There's a lot more drivers in the endurance side of things than there are everywhere else. Um, well. Uh, I would probably go for maybe Mike Conway and Montoya. Nice, good lineup. Yeah. What what team? What who who would you who would you who would you go with? What what, what car? I, I have to say Ferrari because they're going into hypercars. So. <laughs> Contractually obliged. Yes. Um, no, that that's that's cool. That 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 would be a great team. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, also, you'd, you'd, you'd probably winning that. I'm sorry to disappoint, but I'm going to get kicked out of this track in in the next five minutes. So I need to I need to go. I'm really sorry to to that's fine. hold my hands okay, up. Okay, well, that's, that's before, before you before you do go, then give us a prediction for the winner of this year. Are you going to stick with Ferrari or are you going to put put your money elsewhere? If you had five English pounds, who would you pick to win the 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 F1 Championship this year? So if I had five theoretical English pounds, because I don't think I'm allowed to bet on the sport that I'm in, um, <laughs> I would I would go theoretically with Charles. Yes. Safe bet. This, it's a, it's pretty. I think your money. I think your theoretical money will be pretty safe. Uh, in, After in three that races, I think it's it's pretty safe. But yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, uh, these things can change so quickly with new cars like this. But we'll see. Okay, well, thank you very much for coming to chat to us. Uh, sorry we had to cut it short, but, you know, we, we, we've had a really good chat, really good, decent uh, talk about a lot of things. Um, we wish you luck uh, in IndyCar this year, and we hope you, do, you, hope, hope you perform uh, at least to, the, to what your team is expecting uh, and maybe get in that top 10, like you said. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. No, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So that was the Everything F1 podcast. You can obviously find us on all our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We are also on TikTok. And of course, you can find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com. We will see you next week where we review the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. All the stuff for me to say is thank you very much to my Everything F1 team. And of course, Callum Eilat. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you, James. We will see you next week where we review the race. Bye-bye.